everyone. It's Craig Wessels from a Yank on the Footy coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. I am glad that you're listening. And in this episode, we're going to jump into the tips for round 20. And tonight I am thrilled to be joined by a longtime friend of the podcast and actually the first person that reached out to me on Twitter when I tossed out the idea of starting a podcast. And that was that was two and a half months before the first episode was released. So if you're not thrilled with the show, this is the guy you should blame for not talking me out of doing it, okay? So <laughs> I'd like to welcome Rick Shabani, the LA Dragons to the podcast. Rick, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, Craig, it's great to be here again. I, I do pop in occasionally. I appreciate the shout out because, yeah, you know, this podcast was just an idea, you know, yeah. an idea. And it's definitely done really, really well. And we're up to well, 100 episodes just about. So it's it's great to see you continuing the journey and continuing your footy education because it's it's a beautiful thing when we can get yes. more Americans involved and get people to become fans. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, you know, I, 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 maybe it's a success. I'm having fun with it. Let's put it that way. You know, I don't know how, I don't know if it's you know, if it's trans, translated to a success quite yet, but you know, some people have said some positive things, but uh, you know, it's it's getting there. So. It's kind of like, you know, the little train, the little train that could or a little, you know, I think I can, I think I can, you know, that sort of thing. I'm just going to keep chugging along here. So we're going to take a look at uh, round 20. And we actually know where seven of the games are scheduled to be played, although they could change. Uh, Two of the games, based upon what I had been looking at, they were still figuring out where those games are going to be played as of what I jotted down this morning. So um, we're going to go ahead and jump in. We'll, you know, we'll talk about our our different points uh, for each of the games and who we think is going to win and uh, who we don't think is going to win. And we'll see, we'll see, uh, we'll see how we do here. So um, should we start at the top with the uh, St. Kilda and Carlton? Just work our way through. Yeah, let's do okay. it. All right. So uh, coming up the first game of the round and I did not write down the days and times on these. So, but uh, you know, we're, we're three hours apart right now. So, I think the dates and times are anyone's guess just through the whole COVID situation down there. Same with the venues, of course. Yeah, that's, that's true. But I guess, you know, no, no fans at the games in Victoria for at least the next two weeks. That's what the the PM said today, I guess, or yesterday. And no games in Sydney. Right, right. Yeah. And that may not, they may not be back there this year. Yeah. Yeah, That's crazy to think about. Yeah. I, I did an interview with a, a huge Sydney supporter last week who was, who was in the midst of lockdown, uh, 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 an editor from the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, mm. And it just, you know, they were able to still get their work done from home, but, you know, going a little right. stir crazy, you know, get the little metal glass on the, on the bars and that sort of thing. So we've got St. Kilda and Carlton. And uh, boy, did, did the wheels fall off with Carlton last week or what? I mean, yeah, that's the best way you could possibly put it. Yeah. I mean, we'll put it, I mean, what else can you say at this point? I mean, what's really been shocking in recent weeks, I mean, yeah, they did have those two good wins um, right as the internal review was going on into the footy department at Carlton. You know, like people were saying that's the jolt they need, you mm-hmm. know, to save David Teague's job to make sure they can actually have some positive momentum, even though, once again, they're not going to play finals. Yeah. And yes, Sam Walsh is doing Sam Walsh things. Like if put it this way, all I have to say about Sam Walsh is that if he does not win a Brownlow before the age of 25, most likely earlier, 
there's something wrong with the sport. That kid is an excitement machine. Yes, yes. He's been doing everything yeah. right. He had 27 more disposals against North Melbourne, and it still wasn't enough for Carlton. Yeah. I think, like, this defense, particularly with Carlton, like, on paper, it's just as good as any any defense in the AFL. It's a quality – you've got Liam Jones. you got Jacob Waiter. You've got, you know – all these different players, Adam Sod and Zach Williams, the big free agent additions, they should never, ever be giving up 100-plus points to North Melbourne. That should not happen, and it did happen. Yeah. Like, it's just baffling. Like, well, do you, in that case, though, or you, you know, do, you, do you find yourself wanting to, to fault Carlton, or do you want to congratulate North Melbourne for that? I mean, that's a, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing right there. Agreed. Yeah. I think – well, when it comes to North Melbourne, I've already heard someone say that they are the best 18th place team in the modern era. They're the best yeah. wooden spooner of the modern well, era. And here's the thing. They might not win the wooden spoon. No, that's true. Exactly. That's I, I true. Saw something, I think it was on Access All Areas with Matthew Lloyd, Damian Barrett. Yeah, they, um, they did like the odds on like, of course, the bottom three right now are in order. Collingwood, Hawthorne, North Melbourne. Now, I, know, I know who you're rooting for. Cheering <laughs> for. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I, I think everyone would be totally fine with the pies finishing as the wooden spoon. And they have an 88% chance, according to what they were saying on Access All Areas, they have an 88% chance with their remaining schedule to finish wooden spoon. And right now, Hawthorne and North Melbourne are tied at percentage. Yeah. Or t- tied at points. I don't think they actually are tied at percentage. But that is going to be really interesting to watch. Like, yeah. I mean, North has really, really improved. Like, and the thing is, with with Hawthorne and, and North, they're only two points behind Collingwood because of both of them having draws. That's very so, true. You know, so it's not going you know, to. So the percentage, if they get if they get enough wins, you know that you know because Collingwood's got a nine point percent or nine percentage point difference over Hawthorne and, and a, almost mm-hmm. an eighteen point over North Melbourne. But that's true. Yeah, this and, is, and, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be really interesting. Like, it normally isn't that interesting who's going to be the wooden spooner. Right, but, right. you know, like, we're in a situation in the AFL right now where I reckon even the bottom ladder teams, you know, most of them have had at least one, two, or three impressive wins or impressive yeah. offsets. You know, obviously Collingwood is going to have to rebuild next year. Jury's still out on who the coach will be. But, you know... Obviously, Hawthorne's going to be pumped up to send out Clark on a high note next year. And I think North, it would not be unrealistic for them to win six, maybe even seven games next year. And after this past weekend, if you don't know who Nick Larkey is, you know who he is now. Yeah. That was incredible. I think no one outside of North, you know, outside of Arden Street really knew Mm -hmm. they were so high on that kid. They were so keen to draft him. And you can see why. Yeah, that's, and you, you know, I was listening to uh, Lace Out podcast this morning as I was out running some errands. Their review, and they were they were talking. You know, nice. they they were reminding you know everybody of the fact that that GWS has Collingwood's first round pick this year coming up. True. So they were saying, wouldn't it be nice to see them get the wooden spoon and <laughs> GW and GWS go ahead and put in a bid on the Dacos kid that's coming out. Oh. <laughs> and basically, basically for, force Collingwood to blow their entire draft capital this year to bring that kid on board. 
you know, continuing uh, to continuing to just exacerbate this this recovery that Collingwood is wanting to go through. So, <laughs> so if you wow. if you're if you're a Magpie supporter, you you were probably just you know snapping off your steering wheel if you were listening to that in the car right there because you don't want that to happen. But it just, it's just as uh yeah. It, <laughs> Yeah, I, and I, you know, I'm still figuring out how the whole bid system works. It's just, that's not, you know, it's not right. something that I've I've mastered quite yet. So, um, I'm mm. getting a little better with it, but it's not. Uh, yeah, it's I'm not I'm still not <laughs> great with it yet. Yeah, you know, here's one other thing I do want to say about North, uh, of course, and speaking of Collingwood as well, of course, Jaden Stevenson had that uh, somewhat dramatic exit from Collingwood, mm-hmm. signed with North in the off season. Everyone was saying it was a you know, a really good move for North, but like so many people were assuming Collingwood would be better than North this year. And I think that Stevenson is actually a great metaphor for his own team right now. Cause you know, he, he didn't really play much uh, early in the season. He had some injuries. He was struggling to learn the new system, new team. Yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, just alongside his team over the weekend against the blues, he 24 disposals, eight marks and three goals. And that's a that's a hell of a game for a young kid who, of course, everyone is very, very excited about. He's he's a star in the making. And I think he's going to be a huge addition for the Ruse in the next few years. And that's been really big because their midfield has really been the key behind their improvement. And they're re-signing a lot of those kids. A lot of those kids are choosing to stick around. So I think, uh, you know, they're, they're still not nowhere close to finals, but again, they could easily pop up into, you know, that kind of 12th, 13th, 14th on the ladder position next year. So I think, so, so who do you think, who do you think there, you know, we look at 13 on down, you know, Carlton, hmm. Gold Coast, Adelaide, Collingwood, Hawthorne, and North Melbourne, which one of those clubs do you think plays finals first? Hmm. Everyone, uh, you know, everyone would say Carlton, but they've been knocking on that door for years now. I think um, Gold Coast is closer than people think. Um, Hawthorne, I, uh, I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, again, Carlton could surprise me. They could surprise a lot of people, but they haven't been too good at doing that lately. Um, North, I, I'd, I'd say within two to three years, North can be in the finals mix again. Now, obviously, a lot of that could change, you know, free agency, right, right. drafting, coaching, all that good stuff. But no, they, their their trajectory is is much, much, much better. I mean, if you discount the top, uh, they started 0-6, and, and since then they've been 4-5, and five, or, you know, technically 4-5 and five plus the one draw. Right. But that's as good a turnaround as you'll see in, yeah. in anywhere. And I think, you know, you know, it's tempting to compare them to Adelaide last year. Of course, Adelaide looked atrocious, and they won those three games on the trot towards the end of the year. So, you know, is North in, in a similar position to where they can make a year-two leap, kind of like what Adelaide is doing this year? I mean, I don't know. I think there's still a lot of questions to be answered. You know, a lot yeah. of it hinges on the offseason. You know, how is North going to – now they've had a full year under Dave Noble – uh, how are they going to respond? Are they really going to just go at it and know they have some opportunities they've let go? And through no fault of their own, being a young side, being an inexperienced side, right, trying right. to adjust to their third coach in, th- in almost three years. I think yeah. it was Reshaw technically did a season and a half. So 
a little bit longer than that. But yeah, you know, I think, you know, if, they, if they're able to gel in the offseason, they'll definitely be able to make that climb up the ladder. Well, you know, one of the things I was I was looking at uh, today was, and I wasn't able to find anything past round 13. So it's six rounds are excluded from this. But, uh, you know, the two clubs that I, and it confirmed what I thought, the two clubs that had had, that had lost the most games this year to injuries. Do you know who those two teams were? Yeah. Yeah. Well, North Melbourne was one. They were, they were second. They'd lost 130 games to injury through round 13. And Fremantle, Fremantle had lost 137 games. I believe it. And it's yeah. not getting any better for Frio. No. I, mean, well, no. I, I, would, I would not want to be a Docker fan right now. And it's only partially because, you know, that first half against Sydney looked pretty good. And they mm-hmm. just completely collapsed. And, yeah. of course, now Nat Fife is done for the year. He did his shoulder again. Uh, yep. Michael Walters was pulling up pretty sore. I think he pulled a hammy. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be done. For they've already season. said he, they already said he's going to be out this week and mm, probably at least three yeah. weeks. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It looked, you know, not end of season bad, but mm-hmm. close to it. And uh, I mean, that's a team that's shown a lot of promise. Yeah. They've also been really disappointing at times. Again, they're also still young. They also still need to re-sign a lot of their kids. Uh, Adam Chera being the biggest one. You know, he's still a free agent. He still hasn't put pen to paper just yet. Frio, they're a tantalizing team. You know, they do yeah. play a very fun brand of footy when they're on, but when they're not, you know, they just yep. look like a real they look like a real ragtag bunch. You know, they yeah, don't I really do. they don't really have that cohesiveness or that uh, fire that you really need to be a top eight contender right now. And yeah, that's, they, they've that's, given it a, they've given it a crack. They've definitely had some impressive moments, but it's almost like kind of like with Essendon, you know, they're both long shots to make the finals right now. And you wonder, would it actually be better if they didn't make the A? Because if they did, they'd probably get slaughtered. And also, you know, from a a perspective of, oh, hey, a lot of these guys are young players and their confidence is going to be affected by a massive blowout in the finals. Or, you know, can they say, hey, we almost made it. We were ninth. We were 10th. Mm -hmm. We were 11th. Let's use that as fuel in the offseason. And then we can make a push for the eight again next year. Right, like from right, a right. demoralizing perspective, sometimes when it's with young players, you almost want them to not taste finals yet, just so they can experience a winning final first. Yeah, that's true. And it's, you know, I, I and you know, you look at Sean, you know, we have, you know, we're actually talking about a different game, but we're bringing up Frio right now, which is completely okay. Um, you know, Sean Darcy is looks like he's running around on one leg right now, also. And he's, you know, he's had kind a hell of a Yeah, he has. He has. He has. I mean, yeah. So they they are banged up. Um, you know, and I had tip I had tipped them eight at the beginning of the year. I had them play yeah. in finals this year. And had they stayed healthy, maybe that happened. But uh, you know, you can't you can't factor in the injuries. Right. I think they're in overall in a decent spot, but you know, I think heading into 2022, Frio is definitely going to have to aim higher. I, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously last year, you know, COVID year, give J- Justin Longmuir a mulligan on that one. But this year was, you know, pretty average, pretty pedestrian. And I think, um, you know, they're definitely, they're definitely going to have to ask some hard questions in the offseason. They're going to have to re-sign a lot of people. But they've still got a good list, and they can they can challenge for the eight again next year. It's just that 
you know, I, I had a feeling they're right on schedule. Like, I think most people, most Frio fans would have said, oh, hey, Longmere's coming in. This is probably like a three-year, four-year rebuild, you know? It's not that they didn't have talent. It's just they kind of needed to steer the ship in a better direction. And again, they're very lucky to have a, a guy like Nat Fife, a guy like Sonny Walters, even though, again, he's he hasn't been quite at that all-Australian level this year. Um, and again, finding kids like Sarong and Chera and Darcy who have really shown a lot of potential. And I think the future is bright for them, but just like with Carlton, they're just not quite there yet. Granted, the internal expectations at Carlton are going to be way higher than they are at Frio, but you know, it's just the reality. So right, right. And it's you know, it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, what does happen with them because yeah, and this, you know, getting back to you know the Carlton and St. Kilda game, you know, because Carlton is in many ways, they didn't necessarily have the same number of injuries, but that's a team that definitely underperformed. And you yeah. and you wonder, you wonder, you know, is the is the pressure of this review that's going on is that is that impacting the play on the field you know and it's uh yeah i'm yeah i'm not i'm definitely a factor i've not paid um, that much attention to them to say they've you know that this is you know because i think they should i think they should have a much better record than they do they've got too much talent on that club to be playing the way they are so you wonder is it the coach is it the is it the style of play or what i think it's I mean, we see Carlton uh, choke a lot. And a lot of that, you know, when that happens repeatedly, you know, a lot of people assume that, like, it's brain fade. It's mentally not being switched on in the third and fourth quarter. And that does play a factor. I mean, it's such a grueling physical sport, you know. There's bound to be some drop-off to uh, to some extent. Even, Even the great teams aren't immune to that. But you know, you do have to question when it happens as many times as it has with Carlton, you know, whether it's giving away a big lead or not being able to kick that one or that two or those three goals that you need to kick, period. And it's like, it's a question, then it becomes a question of fitness then it becomes a question of motivation. It's like, because again, you're right on paper that that team is as talented as any team. And mm-hmm. there's, especially again, you know, they're, they're hedging their bets on, Again, Sam Walsh, Patty Cripps, uh, Harry Mackay, all those guys being once-in-a-generation type talents at Carlton. And when you have guys like Walsh and Cripps and when you have the Coleman medal lead, like I, I still think Mackay is, is as good a chance as anyone to win the Coleman this year. When you have those guys by themselves, I mean, that should be an elite team, but it's not. And I think you do have to question the coach. You do have to question are the players really 100% switched on mentally every time? I think with someone like Patty Cripps, you know, he's caught some criticism, but he's been playing hurt all year. You know, he's being, you know, he's the co-captain. He's supposed Mm -hmm. to be the inspirational guy doing stuff like that, but it's just his supporting cast just hasn't, they just haven't stood up when they had to. You know, when the rubber meets the road, why is Carlton not producing? And I think, you do have to question the coaching first and foremost. Like there's no David Teague's brand of footy just isn't, it doesn't put butts in seats and it doesn't put wins on the scoreboard. Like they have so many tantalizing or so many tempting moments where they look incredible or, you know, when Eddie Betts is defying gravity or when Cripps and Walsh have, you know, one of their big breakaway runs through the midfield, you know, 
those are things that make, if I was a Carlton fan, those would make me incredibly excited, those moments. But then it's just like, oh, you know, can you trust them? And ultimately, going back to this round's game, I don't trust either Carlton or St. Kilda. Yeah. But right now, I do trust St. Kilda more. And I yeah. think they're going to come away with a, probably a pretty narrow win. I reckon maybe two goals and some change. Yeah, I had, I had it down. I had it down at 11 points. And, you know, yeah. I, what, I, what I thought was interesting is that, you know, and I, as I was looking through their, their fixture for the year, you know, St. Kilda has had five times, you know, they've lost 10 games five times this year. They've had back-to-back losses. Yeah. And, and they've been hammered by the injury bug too. Well, yeah, but, but their losses, their losses have been by an average of 40 points. Oh yeah. You know, think about their percentage. They've, they've gotten crushed in the games they've lost. Yeah. Because their percentage is like eight. I think it's like 86 right now or 88. It's bad. Yeah. It's it's, uh, 86.9. So it's, uh, you know, as somebody Tony Davis mentioned a couple weeks ago, you know, St. Kilda was going to have to win an extra game to, to compensate for that low percentage. Oh yeah. And you can kind of say the same thing for Richmond now, like neither of them are, I mean, Richmond's 10th, St. Kilda's 12th. Neither right. of them are a hundred percent mathematically out. Right. But right. again, it's, it's not just about winning. It's about percentage. And there's no way either St. Kilda or Richmond at this point can get in based on percentage alone. No, they have no. to hope they have to cross their fingers and hope for the best. And I think with St. Kilda, I actually rewatched their game against West Coast just last night. I mean, just like Carlton, they didn't have any player who could stand up when it counted. And yeah, they, and what was most frustrating is you know, St. Kilda has been very inaccurate all year mm-hmm. against West Coast. They were accurate. They actually did hit the scoreboard quite a bit. And Max King, I mean, Max King, he and Nick Larkey, I mean, Larky had seven goals, Max King had six, but what a performance by Max King. And he's someone who's copped a good amount of criticism because, you know, it always seems like his twin brother's ahead of him. Yeah. But with the Saints, I mean, he had an incredible performance, but again, they just couldn't get over the line. But, you know, playing against Carlton, they've got a, a good chance to rebound. Again, the back-to-back losses are not a good sign if I'm a Saints fan. But again, you know, they do have... They do have some guys who are definitely, definitely, definitely improving. I think Brad Hill has definitely stepped forward in the last few weeks. Um, and here's a, a what if for Saints fans. Let's not forget, they didn't have Rowan Marshall on the weekend. Mm-hmm. He had a COVID scare. Yeah. Uh, he had to be in isolation. So would the game have gone the other way if he had been playing? Maybe, maybe not. But and he, missed know, a, he missed the first, what, five or six games of the season also because he was away from the club. No, that was uh, Patty Ryder. That's um, right. That was Ryder. Wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, but w- again, you know, when the two of them are both in the same side, you yeah. know, they're way more dangerous. It's kind of like with the Giants, you know, when, when Mumford is playing in, in the rock, you know, we have a much better chance of winning with him. And uh, I think, um, I think say Killa does have a really good chance to rebound. Say what you will about them. Uh, they've definitely, you, you can tell that that playing group is motivated. You know, they were unlucky in terms of a lot of their injuries and, you know, absences like Patty Ryder. A lot of that happened early in the season. So they were in a hole that they really couldn't dig out of just yet. Now they've shown some more encouraging signs over the last few months. But again, you know, they were going to be lucky to make the eight anyway. And now they're basically finished. So I'm curious to see how they respond. I think, um, I think Ratten 
he's a real disciplined coach. He's a real proud coach. I think he's going to, he's going to have them motivated this round to face Carlton. Uh, but again, you know, when the season's basically shot, both these two yeah. teams are mathematically eliminated at this point. Um, you know, who's going to respond? You know, it's, it's 12 versus 13. This is a big one for both of them, even though, you know, it won't really be a primetime game. And I think, uh, you know, most viewers at home aren't going to be too excited about that. one. So you mean they'll yeah. be watching the Olympics instead? <laughs> uh, depends on the event. We'll see what happens. Surf, surf skating. I think you're going to actually take the skateboards out in the ocean this time. I actually do have a little Olympic tidbit for you, Craig. Um, I'm as a Geelong fan, you'll definitely um, be intrigued by this. You probably knew it already, but um, Mark Blitzops is the son of two Olympians. Mm -hmm. Isn't his, isn't, doesn't he have a, uh, I thought somebody with that same, there's somebody that that, that is involved in the AFL that has a, has the same last name as somebody that's involved in the Olympics this year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 both his parents play basketball. Yeah. Not surprising, given given the the stock that he comes from. Right, but right. yeah, yeah, no, that's a little Olympic tidbit for today. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I wish they wouldn't let him kick the ball so much back, you know, inside <laughs> the defensive fifty. Good lord! Yeah. I mean, our percentage would be probably a half a percentage point higher if they did do that. Right. Oh, but, but yeah, but going, yeah, going back to St. Hilda Carlton, I'm, I definitely got the Saints in that one. Yeah. It's going to be at Marvel, correct? Yeah, it's supposed to be at Marvel. Yeah, let yeah. me ask you this here. Yeah, and I, you know, I was jotting down some of the statistics, and it's kind of, it was kind of interesting. Some interesting things I was finding here. You know that, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is a club that is, you know, only 16th in goal assists. So mm. that you know, they, they tend to, they tend to not share the ball very much, seemingly. Um, yeah. You know, is is it? You know, is this kind of what you would say, you know, in basketball, what you might call hero ball? With the Saints? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think a lot of their, their players have been out of form. Uh, like, again, you look at how good Dan Butler was last year, and he's, mm-hmm. his form has definitely dropped off. Um, Seb Ross has had some good moments, but he's, he's been inconsistent. And, um, you know, they've got some, some of the usual suspects like Billings and Shield and Luke Dunstan. I mean, Luke Dunstan might be their best in Ferris this year. He's definitely looked really great. And, um, but yeah, I do think St. Kilda, you, you sometimes do get that vibe from them. Like sometimes they want to back themselves too much to take the set shot, you yeah. know, like, uh, you know, people were, I was watching the, um, the Q clash, you know, Brisbane gold coast this past weekend. And Joe Danaher had those two acrobatic goals. One of them was just a soccer off the deck. And the other one was like, a kind of like an Eddie Betts bicycle kick out mm-hmm. of midair. And those were goals, but then he, he only kicked like one goal, three from set shots. Right. right. You know? And the commentators were like, Joe Danner, you know, he, he's a, a very imposing forward. He, he can kick bags like anybody, but how has he been so inaccurate when he's kicking these circus goals out of midair? It's so funny sometimes. Like that's a good point. I, I do think, you know, I do think St. Kilda is a little too overconfident in that regard. Like, again, they have been a very inaccurate team. I didn't even know about the goal assists, but it's not surprising. I, I do think, you know, that's something that, uh, that uh, Brett Ratton definitely needs to work on. It, just in terms of, you know, like just 
you know, they've had quite a few games. Of course, Jack Higgins had that infamous one goal six mm-hmm. um, a few rounds ago against Richmond. Um, yeah, like I, I do think they struggle. They really have. But um, I don't know if it's necessarily trying to be the hero or the ball hog in the basketball yeah. terminology. It's just, you know, not executing in front of goal. Like, and that's the thing. There's, there's well, I was going to say there's always going to be crowd noise, but with COVID, <laughs> you never know. Well, on but, TV, yeah. on TV, there is, which, <laughs> there's you know, crowd, which, which there's always crowd noise. There's always going to be wind. There might be rain, you know, at the end of the day, you're either going to convert the set shot or you're not. As somebody that's involved in the profession that you are in, do you, do you kind of, you know, admire the effort that they're putting forth at trying to make the crowd noise match what's going on on the ground at the time? They've gotten better, but it's it's still not great. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, but but it's I, I think it probably is. I think that they're probably thinking it's got to be better than than you know just hearing all of the f bombs that are coming off of the uh, the interchange or <laughs> out on the middle of the ground there picking up picked up on the the umpire's microphones during the course of the game. So maybe just, right. <laughs> maybe having that's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So all right. So let's, next. We are heading off to Mars Stadium for the Bulldogs and Adelaide. All right. Mars Stadium out in Ballarat. That'll yes. be very interesting. Of course, that is the second home for the right, for the right. doggies. They right. um only a couple of hours, or actually like you can get to Ballarat in like an hour and a half from Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's close by. Um it's definitely it's got that nice country footy atmosphere where it's really loud and you know you can actually like You've got fans actually like on the rails mm-hmm. um, beyond the boundary. You know, that's that's a nice feature of Mars Stadium. But as for the game itself, you know, this is a chance for the Bulldogs to really dig their heels in, in the top spot. You know, like they, they've adapted pretty well. You know, this year they're, as they say, they're the hunted, not the hunter. You know, right, this, year, right. this year, everyone pegged them to be top four pretty much the entire year. And uh, of course, Bonham Pelly, Another Brownlow-worthy performance over the weekend. Uh, uh, 31 disposals, six tackles, two goals. Um, he's definitely going to be one of the Brownlow front runners. Mm-hmm. And but of course, no one talked about that. Everyone was everyone was just talking about uh, uh, Cody Waitman's Specky over Max Gone. So yes, yeah, yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, you know that. Not that much was. else to say about that. If you if you're listening at home, you haven't seen it already. Just youtube it it was definitely oh, we've been spoiled in terms of mark of the year contenders mm-hmm. this year but that one's top three for me no well, we we had we had a couple of them this round isaac heaney's was not all bad either mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that was that one was pretty decent as well but you know the yeah. bulldogs are just you know I, and I, I jotted some things down here you know they're they're second in points per game yes you know, they're, they're they're second in goal assists this is a club that shares the ball yeah, very this much so. Club that gets the ball to other players. You know, they're third in clearances, which is going to tell you just how good that midfield actually is. It's incredible. They ball out of there. You know, they don't I, kick I it. it. I, I think I said it on the last po- time I was on. Yeah. I actually might have been on Donnie's podcast. I was on okay. his podcast a while back. I was saying that the Bulldogs, they're, the, they're one of the teams that makes footy look pretty. They make it a work of art. Just the way they move the ball, the way they attack, the way they slow down. The, you know, they can chip it around or they can go full throttle, breakneck pace, pedal to the metal. Like they, they, they know when to slow it down. They know when to speed it up. 
they're so fluid in their ball movement. And a lot of that is just the way beverage coaches, you know, he's, he's one of those types of coaches that always, yeah, they share the footy around. They, they know exactly how to kick to space, how to kick to elite, all these fundamental footy things that you kind of take for granted when you watch a team like that, just because they execute it so well. And I think, you know, this will be interesting. Uh, again, they, they have a few more games left. They're definitely going to want to have that, uh, that double chance right, being right. in the top four. So, and of course they know that they've been there before. They have the confidence to go deep into the finals if they want. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, they, they've got, they've got some serious, um, some serious elements when it comes to, you know, the, those X factors that you look for in, in uh, flag contenders. So I think they'll definitely try to make a statement against Adelaide. I've got them winning by six goals. Yeah. Ooh, geez. Mm, I, yeah. I, I've got, I have it by, I have it by 16 points. Cause, cause as I, as I've, I've t- said several times on the podcast, I, I generally don't like to go above 20 points on it, on calling any of them because yeah. I don't want anybody to say, geez, this guy thinks my team sucks and they're not going to listen to right. listen anymore. Well, well, now I feel guilty and now I've got to <laughs> say some nice things about the Crows, but I actually do. I, I did. Um, oh. it, it was a nice win over Hawthorne on the weekend. They, I mean, you know, Adelaide was in a four game losing streak. They, they needed to snap that as soon as they could. Uh, Rory Laird had 36 disposals. Good on you, mate. That was fantastic. Um, and Tex Walker boots four more goals, and he's still third in the Coleman medal, last I checked. So, yeah. you know, Adelaide, they've, I mean, again, like St. Kilda, they've struggled with the occasional blowout this year, but they've also bounced back unexpectedly. So I think this is going to be one of those games where, not unlike Brisbane Gold Coast this past weekend, where I think, you know, the underdog will make it interesting. You know, Gold Coast looked great in the first half, then they fell off completely in the second. I have a right, feeling right. that might happen with the Crows and the Bulldogs. So, yeah. Well, yeah. it's, you know, it was, it was kind of, you know, and you know, with Adelaide there, you know, they lost 11 out of 13, but three of those losses were by a total of 18 points. So basically a goal a game. So that yeah. wasn't, it was not a, you know, there were not blowouts in those three games. Now there's some others that were, that were significant, you know, but w- one of the things that the Crows I think have a problem with, and this is something I thought that how is Sydney going to handle this this year with, you know, buddies pushed to a thousand, but they've figured it out is that the Crows offense tends to be very tech centric. Oh, no it's question. Get, yeah. It's get the ball to, you know, because, you know, you know, they, uh, you know, last week against the Hawks, they had nine players to kick goals. Yeah. You know, the and, previous- and I think um, I think their young players are really struggling with consistency, but you know we've seen a lot of those guys really stand up, like your Jimmy Rowe and your, you know, Riley Philthorpe. He's you know th- those guys are are really exciting players to watch, and obviously the Crows have a very bright future under Matty Nix. But yeah, I mean, I think. They were their hands were kind of tied anyway, because right, right. What, what was Adelaide? You know, going into the season, coming off their first ever wooden spoon. Uh, how many known commodities did they have? They really didn't have many, and of course, Walker himself was coming off one of his worst seasons ever. Right. So, I think you know, given how young they are, given how unproven a lot of their other forwards are at the mm-hmm. moment, um, I think the Crows just kind of wanted to put all, you know, they were all in to use the gambling term, you know, they, they were all in on tax when they saw how good of a season he was having. Right, Obviously right. that puts you at a disadvantage. No one wants to be in that position. Um, and again, they are gradually getting more consistency from the smaller guys. 
Shane McAdam is another guy who has a lot of potential, but just hasn't quite gotten that consistency yet. Um, I think they're in a much better spot and they are in a position where they can build around youth plus a few veterans, you know, you guys like mm-hmm. Sloan, Laird, Tex, those guys, a, a bunch, a few veterans, a bunch of really talented youngsters. They're kind of at where Gold Coast is right now. You know, Gold Coast, they've already said, we're not really going to build too much in the draft this summer because, you know, they're in a spot where a lot of their youth is maturing and they feel like they can win now if they have a couple new free agents. And of course, they're a team that's kind of had some success with guys like Oleg Markov and Hugh Greenwood and Brandon Ellis, guys who aren't superstars by any means, but they get the job done. Right. And I think Adelaide is going to try to do the same thing uh, just so that Walker gets some more help and just so they're in a better position to push for finals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's move on to maybe one of the more intriguing games of the round, and that is North Melbourne and Geelong. One that mm-hmm. you probably you wouldn't you would think on paper, well, number two and number 18. Let's just go ahead and say this is going to be a blowout. And and who knows? Maybe it is. I hope it is, but let's <laughs> but let's be realistic here. Who why, who really wants to play North Melbourne right now? Does That's anybody true. does anybody really want to play this team? Because yeah. they're 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 at a point right now where they're just going screw it. But it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the uh, it's 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 in a way it's it's almost like a little slice of the movie Major League. <laughs> you know where where you know where they 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 put the they put the owner's picture up there with all the little pieces on that are out there and they and I'm going to paraphrase here where you know Tom Berenger says to the to the group in the clubhouse when he says you know you know let's just go win the whole effing thing yeah, yeah. North is not North is not going to get past the 16th spot on the ladder but yeah. they have as you mentioned earlier they have made improvements by leaps and bounds this this year since the club has started to get healthy, you know, cause they, they basically, it was, you know, so much of that, that group of injuries that they had were their veterans that they had on the club. I mean, the, the, the first six games of the year was, was basically, okay. If you're under the age of 21, it was, it's like taking a, a two-year-old to the end of the dock and throwing them in the water, learn how to swim. But they were just basically, if, you know, they were, they, you know, I'm not sure if everybody even gone through puberty yet, you know, when they, on their 22, the first six rounds of the game of the season this year, because they were so darn young and they took their lumps and they yeah. learned from that. And it's, uh, and as you were saying, this is a club that, that their needle is definitely pointing upward. It may be a while before they, they get to that point, but who knows, maybe North becomes an attractive location for some free agents. Speaking of location, uh, this one's going to be down in Tassie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, and this is going to be, this is going to be a big one because yeah. obviously uh, we're hearing more and more rumors about the official Tasmanian bid for an AFL side, probably around um, probably won't enter the competition until 2025 or so, but this is a chance for them to uh, have a big turnout. Cause of course everyone talks about the Tasmania participation rates being down and mm-hmm. uh, the attendance hasn't been great at a lot of the Hawks and Ruse games. Cause they're, bottom of the ladder teams but right right now that, now that north is improving they've got a big opponent in town in geelong and how many how many people are going to show up in hobart it's going to be cold i was actually just uh as as an ohioan you'll you'll, you'll understand this it's going to be around like a high of 12 or 13 celsius so that'll be a high of mid 50s 
yeah, 50, yeah. 55 Fahrenheit. So it's going to be that, chilly. That shorts and t-shirt weather for people around here. Oh, of course. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think, um, yeah. And uh, Joong, obviously, that was a comprehensive win over Richmond on the weekend. Uh, all the all the usual suspects stepped up. Again, no Cameron, no Duncan. I think they um, they really showed the rest of the competition that they are another flag contender for yet another season. Now, of mm-hmm. course, when it gets to September, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But safe to say your boy Radagalia definitely stepped yes. up. Yes. That was a hell of a performance. And I think, um, you know, you got to give Chris Scott some credit for being patient with him, trying to figure out the best role for a raw talent like Radagalia. Mm-hmm. And you just, you could just tell the guy has worked so hard. You know, he, he's, he doesn't, he's a soft-spoken guy. He doesn't really scream and yell too much out there on the field, but he's, he's uh, really improved. And I think, you know, and it was a situation where, even when he's not marking the footy, he's creating contests because he's so right, big. Right, right, right. And that's, it, it, you know, you, you look at what the Cats have done this year, and it's, and I was looking at going through one of the, the stat sites and looking at just where they, they're ranking. They are in the, they're in the top four in 25 different categories Ooh. on the stat site. I mean, it just, it just, and, you know, that's a couple of other clubs, a couple of the other clubs have like 20 or 22 things like that, but it just was, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're, uh, they're fourth in points per game, but they're first in opponents mm-hmm. points per game. Yeah. So they're, 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 yeah, I, I wrote down here, I said, they may not be exciting to watch all the time. I said, but they're, they're kind of methodical. They're like, they're clinical. And yeah. the, the question I was going to ask you, knowing the profession that you are in, <laughs> what, what horror movie villain do they remind you the most of when they're being methodical like that? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I, um, Hmm. That's a good one. I, I have to say it's, um, I'd say Leatherface Cause you know, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna use the old chainsaw on you. Like they did with Richmond. Oh, last I, thought, I thought you were going to say, cause they were old. Oh, well that's it. <laughs> no, I, th- I think they, uh, they, they chopped up Richmond a little bits. Yeah. And t- through the midfield that's for sure so okay. i think um i think uh, one thing that i've really liked seeing um specifically this year um he doesn't get a lot of love outside of the footy club at Geelong, but uh i gotta give a shout out to the irishman the other irishman not zach Tui, of Mark course there's, a, there's mark o'connor and mm-hmm. i think he's been moved into a bit of a tagging world this year mm-hmm. if you haven't noticed and i think um you know this is a kid who's a terrific athlete. His fitness has never been in doubt. Obviously, he was raw coming over from Ireland and learning a new sport, but he's settled into that halfback flank type of role for Geelong. He's definitely uh, benefited from having Tui around. And uh, no, like occasionally being an on baller and tagging, you know, Lockie Neal, Nat Fife, Bontempelli, whoever it is, you know, I think that's been a really brilliant move on Scott's part because, um, yeah, you know, like once the kid has proven himself in one area, why don't you increase your faith in him, back him, and, you know, see if he can move into a tagging role. And I think, you know, that says a lot about your intelligence as a player, your work ethic as a player, because mm-hmm. those are not easy roles to fill. And if you can be that tagger, you know, of course, the Giants have done a great job with Matty DeBoer. He was a forgotten ex-Frio player that we had picked up as a free agent, cheap, and turned him into a great tagger. 
And I think yeah. if O'Connor, I'm not sure what his contract situation is at the moment, but, um, you know, he could definitely see some free agent looks if, um, you know, if he continues developing his game to that extent, because, you know, the more versatile you are in that position, the better off you are. Right, right. Let's see here. I'm popping up his. Uh, he is uh, out of contract at the end of 2022. Okay. So next year, yeah, next year he's out of contract. Yep. That's um, big opportunity for him. You know, yeah. he's definitely, he's definitely shown a lot of a lot of consistency and and a lot of intensity around the footy. Yeah, you know? I, I feel I feel like a lot of times the Gaelic players aren't considered good tacklers just because. There is no tackling in Gaelic football, mm -hmm. but you know, he's, he's definitely a tough player. I like watching him. So yeah, I've got, again, I think this is going to be a hell of a game and it's, you know, I'm, this is, this is one, I think the cats are going to win it by a couple of goals. I'm not, I'm not thinking yeah. this is going to be a blowout. I've, I've got it about a 12 point game right here. So you know. I'd go a little further. Uh, I'd say, I'd say like 25 points, but yeah, you know, North, North has the ability to make it very interesting and, and that again, that's why that's why it's been such a good season because even the bottom of the ladder teams have surprised people and they've mm -hmm. they've fought hard and you know not consistently hard, not hard enough a lot of the time. But whenever you have that extra spice of you know a potential upset, it, it always makes it more exciting. Right, right. So we've got uh, the next game uh, again. We don't know where this was going to be played as of yet, as far as I know. Gold Coast and Melbourne. I don't think mm -hmm. they've made a determination on this one yet, and you know. I, I was yeah, I tipped Gold Coast last mm. week to beat Brisbane and I should have just stopped at halftime. I should have yeah. stopped at halftime there because they were up by 27. Oh yeah. What a disappointment for them. I mean, again, young side. And to their credit, you know, they they've had a few blowouts earlier in the year and they've responded. And mm -hmm. overall, just like with North, uh, the past month has been really positive for the Suns. And I think um, you know, uh I, I think they're they're definitely the, the 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 knock against the Gold Coast Suns has always been, you know, under Stewart did at least. It's always been, oh, they show some promise early in early in the year, you know, like mm -hmm. they'll get a three and three or a four and four record, and then they'll just tank. Right. But this year it's been interesting because the the further the season goes, it seems like to some extent the more they're improving. And again, they've got it's been great they've got Matty Rowell back. It's been great that um Ben King has had the season that he's had, but um. And, and of course, Tuke Miller has been phenomenal, but I think, um, I do think Melbourne will get the job done. I guess yeah, I do Suns, too. But I, I think that'll be close too. I think that'll only be like two or three goals. And yeah, again, if I'm, a, if I'm a D's fan, you know, I, I am not going to be comfortable. Like again, the, not just because the loss to the Bulldogs was so disappointing. Again, mm -hmm. we know that when September rolls around, the doggies have finals experience and the D's not nearly as much. You know, they've they've made finals one out of the past three years, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, yeah, you know, it, I, I'd be but I'd be biting my nails if if I'm a, a D supporter, because, you know, they they just haven't they peaked too early. Now, obviously, that, they could turn that around. They could. Surprise right, right. Them, but they basically they've just shown they peaked too early. And I think, um, you know, I, I reckon, you know, Petraka is going to do Petraka things and they've got lots of good key forwards but no great you know forwards i think again ben brown hasn't had the impact they've really wanted him to have uh tom mcdonald obviously you know, they've had injuries up there but um 
you know, Kazi Pickett, you know, he's, his form has fallen off a bit as the season's gone on. You know, I, I, I'd be really concerned with my forward line if I'm a Melbourne supporter. Yeah. And it's not just they're not scoring enough. They just, you know, I don't, I don't see a, enough, like, second efforts and crumbing and all, all the one percenters from the D's forward line. I think they're not – I don't think they're – their contested ball usage hasn't been as good. And I think, you know, that that's going to hurt them come finals. So I yeah. think, again, they're still top four. You right. know, they should, they should stay in the top four unless something catastrophic happens. But they cannot afford to lose any more ground, especially, you know, they've got Port Adelaide and Sydney breathing down their necks. And, of course, Brisbane's in the mix too, but they've got their own concerns. So I yeah, think the, yeah. the Ds should win over Gold Coast, but, you know, they need – all the dominoes to fall their right. way right now. Yeah, the, think, D, um, the D's are a lot like uh, the cats were because they've got, they're in the top five in 20 different categories also, because they're, this is a club that has just, you know, dominated, you know, this year. And again, they've, they've struggled. They've scuffled a little bit here. You know, maybe some of these younger players are beginning to hit a wall a little bit. And that's yeah. one of the things I forgot to mention to you before, when we were talking about the Bulldogs, you know, what's kind of amazing about the Bulldogs is that they've actually, they have actually used 33 different players this year, which I thought was, you know, really, you know, surprising. That's, that's what, uh, 70%, almost 75% of their list this year. They've that have played in the senior side. I mean, so they're getting, you know, young players into games and still, you know, staying at the, uh, you know, at the top of the ladder. I mean, you know, right. That's been pretty impressive. Again, and again, they're they're changing the tone, you know, from the the hunted, mm-hmm. or from from the hunter to the hunted, the dog. Right, right, and, right. And and the demons have to do that too, because I mean that they've been a punchline for so long, you know, almost Essendon level in terms of their lack of final success. And I think um, I think the D's the, again, they really have to kind of look themselves in the mirror and kind of just recognize their seasons on the line, not just in terms of. Se- September, but how their September position is going to be affected by these final few weeks. And I think, I think they do have the leaders to do that. I do Mm. think they have enough athletes to, you know, again, really make a statement and go into September with some momentum, but you know, that they just, their form has been concerning recently. And again, going back to the Suns, um, I do think, um, again, they have shown some resilience before this season and they've, shown some positive signs the last month or so can they finish the season strong right and i and i also did um again i've mentioned maddie rowell being back um he's he's been slow to regain his form but he's definitely had a lot of good moments he had six tackles on the weekend Mm -hmm. had a lot of good one percenters too so you know i think the suns are definitely um definitely they're gonna surprise i think they're gonna get at least one more upset the rest of the way but i don't think it'll be this week Okay. Okay. Good deal. Let's move on to Collingwood and West Coast at the MCG, the favorite ground of the West Coast Eagles. Yep. I mean, well, again, they've had struggles on the road this year. Mm -hmm. Great opportunity to face a mediocre Collingwood team, which, you know, my condolences, Pies fans, because, you know, no more Pendlebury for the rest of the season. He he had a hairline fracture in his leg, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously such a classy player, such a terrific human being. Yeah, before, before, before we go on any further, I, yeah. I, I heard rumors at one time he played basketball. 
Oh, really? Wouldn't have guessed. Well, that, that gets brought up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, footy, footy inside jokes. I love them. I do um, love them. But yeah, you know, it's, you know, the Eagles have kind of, you know, let's be honest, you know, the pies there, they're playing for their jobs for next year is what they're doing right now. Definitely. Whether, whether it's in black and white or with somebody else. Right. You know, because, yeah, this club, is this club going to look at how Hawthorne is rebuilding and how North Melbourne is rebuilding and decide which one of those do we want to do? Right. And, you know, this, I think you know, the little Wiley Coyote thing with the, I think it, they might decide to go the North Melbourne route. Yeah. I mean, it could go a lot of different ways. I mean, they've, they've done a good job in terms of uh, getting their young kids more minutes mm-hmm. this year. They, they've debuted a few guys. Um, you know, you, you've got some, some young kids like Quain or imagine and, uh, in, in, the back, in the back line who have shown some promise yeah. but i mean as of right now the problem with collingwood is that like it doesn't even feel like nathan buckley left they're still playing the basically the same brand of footy under bob harvey and it's like part of me even wonders if he wants the job full time because you know if you if you were in their shoes and you know what happened with buckley was unfortunate and it wasn't all his fault there were a lot of other factors at play but, you know, that was an opportunity to steer the ship in a different direction and, you know, not go completely opposite in terms of style of play, but mm-hmm. at least do something that has a pulse, you know, like they really haven't shown anything or Bob Harvey hasn't really shown anything the game plan that's like, oh, there's a sense of urgency. There's, you know, oh, we can play an exciting brand of footy and get fans excited for next year hey he brought mason cox back into the side they did um <laughs> he, he hasn't he's done a he's kicked a few goals since he's been back but he hasn't set the world on fire and i think um but for that matter neither is my chat neither has you know jamie elliott's looked great uh since he came mm-hmm. back from injury but he's only one guy and right right Collingwood just there's their style of play is still the same as it was under buckley and um obviously that's not a good thing in terms of wins and losses and yeah. West Coast, you know, they needed a rebound victory and they got it on the weekend again against a very untrustworthy St. Kilda team. But that was a big win. West Coast, they've been stubbornly staying at, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth on the ladder, even though they've had some truly atrocious performances. Oh, yeah. Again, based on percentage, they will not make the A. But, you know, they're, they're a team that a lot of times they just find ways to win. You know, I think they've, you know, they do have some concerns with Liam Ryan. You know, he he did a hammy. Uh, mm-hmm. He was out pretty early in the game, sadly. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to be out a week, two weeks. You know, he's a guy that really, you know, gets people excited, flying Ryan. So, mm-hmm. you know, fingers crossed on that one. But, you know, they they showed up against St. Hilda. They definitely were motivated. I They'll definitely be motivated against Collingwood, too. And on the road, you know, that's, a, again, a big chance for them to make a statement and try to, slowly inch their way up the ladder again yeah i mean you, know, you look at those three losses they had this year by an av- three losses by an average of 81 points oh my goodness yeah i mean yeah. 55 97 and 92 they're such a perplexing team you know they're they've got so much veteran talent and they've mm-hmm. got they've shown the ability to you know have more depth you know with you know the injuries that they've had but it's like i just don't get it 
Right, like, right. They're the, the epitome of the Jekyll and Hyde team right now. And and uh, and even more so than St. Kilda or Carlton. You know, you just don't know which or or even GWS. You just don't know which West Coast team is going to show up. And now they know it's crunch time. They've been yeah. in the finals before. They know right. what it takes to win it all. This is a very, very, very big game, and I think they're going to come away with it. Um, it'll probably be a low-scoring game. I reckon they'll come away by three goals. That's about what I had it to. I had it at fourteen points. But yeah, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, Nat Nui go up against Grundy, because Always. you know, you know, because you know, you know, watching the Eagles play, you know, sometimes Nick Nat's uh, opponent tends to get lost out on the grounds. You know, yeah. that, you know, that, that, you know, Nick Nat doesn't keep up with him very much defensively. And it's not often that Grundy gets involved on the offensive end, but this might be an opportunity for him to push forward a little bit and, yeah. you know, possibly steal a goal or two because his, his defender is outside the, the is outside the arc. Cause he just didn't make the trek in there. Yeah. So. And, I, and I think, um, I'm assuming side bottom is going to be the interim captain for the pies while, um, while Pendlebury's out, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he can do to rally the troops. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's still vice captain, right? Um, I honestly, I don't know. I but, don't know. um, yeah, but no, yeah. Um, I think, I think Collingwood, you know, they're, they're going to give it a go. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're definitely going to give it a crack, but you know, again, they just don't have the firepower to keep up. And I think, um, yeah, I think West coast is going to pull away in that one. Yep. Now here we got the next, the next one here. And uh, this is a um, this is Essendon and Sydney, and uh, this is yeah. Let's just put it this way: this is a must-win for Essendon. Essendon has to win this game because yeah. because they they frittered away an opportunity last week. Yeah, they, you know, against against your side that they that they are probably thinking, boy, we coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. Won this game. Yeah, they could not get it done against the Giants on the weekends. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a home game for them. It's going to be at Marble, correct? Um, uh, I think it's at the Gabba. That's what it says here. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they're, so, they're, they're heading north. Okay, good to yeah. know. And, um, yeah, you know, the Bombers, again, like Frio, is it a blessing in disguise if they miss finals? Right, right. I mean, again, you know, Ben Rutten deserves all the praise he's gotten this year. They've definitely exceeded expectations, no question. But um, can they play the upset special here? You know, like I think Sydney, you know, obviously they've, they've been on a serious hot streak. Um, uh, you, as you might have seen earlier today, they did successfully challenge the yep. Buddy Franklin one-match suspension. Um, well, that's, but yeah, here's the thing, though. Luke Ryan, Luke Ryan got suspended for head-butting uh, Buddy Franklin's elbow. He got, he got. <laughs> I did see that joke. That was pretty great. Um, he is he is still going to pay. I think it's a uh, five thousand dollar fine, something, something like that. that. Yeah, something like that. He did, he did get it yeah. overturned. Um, obviously he's only eighteen goals away from the thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this should put another dent in that. You know, I'm I'm definitely backing him to kick three, maybe four. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, Sydney. Uh, they've been on a hot streak. Uh, of course, they can't play home games. Uh, right. Last year, Richmond did so well on, in quarantine, winning on the road. Is Sydney going to be able to replicate that? And again, is Essendon going to throw in the monkey wrench and uh, benefit? <laughs> Although, of course, w- given where both teams are on the ladder, it's going to be really hard for Essendon to beat Sydney and not have the win 
benefit, you know, West Coast, GWS, Richmond, because, you know, they're in that, in the thick of that as well, you know, between. Well, as, as, long as, G- as long as GWS wins. But yes, I know what you're saying. Of course, yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I, I do think the Bombers, this is going to, I'm saying this is going to go down to less than a goal. I'd say okay. Sydney by, I'm excited for this game. I think this is going to be a lot better than people are, you know, I, I don't think anyone's thinking of this one as a blockbuster clash. Although again, Swans have definitely looked good. Right. Um, I think Sydney wins by four points. Again, I'm backing Buddy to kick three goals. Um, I reckon they've they've got a shot. You know, Sydney can still potentially make the top four. Um, I think with the way they're playing, they could easily be top four. But um, again, the question is, you know, are they able to stay locked in? You know, while they're the nomad team, just bouncing right. around state to state, no no place to go home. So I think um, it's going to be really interesting. Um, Essendon, they're definitely going to try to get a lot of their players involved. They didn't get involved against the Giants. Uh, commentators were talking. You know, their McDonald, Tip, and Woody barely touched the footy. Yeah, uh, he, he had Nick, Nick I was, Hine, I was looking at. I was just looking at like the yeah the, uh, the super coach scores and you know just because I can I'll kind of look at that and then I'll then I'll kind of move left on the state the the scores to you know to see you know the different things that are going on there. I mean, he 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 was at the bottom of their list, but again, yeah, you know, he didn't and, do much uh, and anything. Nick and Nick Hunt, you know, he's he's been doing kind of the role that Adam Saad used to do for Essendon. You mm-hmm. know, that that run and carry off of right. halfback. Nick Hine, he was very very quiet as well. Um, they did get Dylan Shield back, so yeah, you know, good news for their midfield depth. Uh, Stringer, it, he still had a really good season. And of course, you know, the, the three young guns, uh, Perkins, Cox, and uh, Harry Jones, you know, those guys, Perkins, I've especially been impressed with the last mm-hmm. month or so. He's definitely hitting his stride. I think, again, Essendon has the ability to make games interesting. And just like Gold Coast, they can definitely pull off upsets on a pretty regular basis. But I think right. I don't see them pulling off this one as much as I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, I just I think it's going to be Sydney also. So we got. got uh, I had them by eleven. Okay. Just, yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Now we've got three games left. We've got uh, Hawthorne and Brisbane, and mm. you know Brisbane. You know they, they. Uh, I don't know what what uh, performance enhancing drug they took during halftime, but it worked for them. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think. This, um, go ahead. This is a club that that loves to kick the ball. I mean, they're, they're second in kicks and 18th in handballs. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they're, you know, they're, this is a top scoring club in, in the, in the comp and it's uh, right. It, they're it definitely, is, um, they're definitely showing a resilience this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, no hip would, no problem as far as scoring goes. I mean, they, they, I still don't think Charlie Cameron's playing his best footy. You know, he's, he hasn't really had any sensational, games in recent mm-hmm. memory um but you know he's still playing his role he's the right, serial right. type the pressure forward minimal possessions maximum efficiency that's his role you know right but at the same time you know you'd love to see him hit the scoreboard a little more if you're chris fagan and it, i think uh danaher you know again he's had some issues with shots on goal but you know he's joe danner he's gonna get the fans on their feet and i think um and you know lincoln mccarthy 
You know, that's mm-hmm. a guy who, of course, Geelong got rid of. He could never stay healthy. And he's had just an incredible career plus a contract extension with Brisbane. You know, yeah, those, those two and Charlie Cameron combined for 10 goals last week. I mean, it was a yeah. massive, massive effort on their part. It's uh, and, uh, with that said, I mean, I don't think I can give them a pass for the first half. You know, they they cannot get away with that when September rolls around and they know that they know they need to play full four quarters like mm-hmm. every elite team does. But that would be concerning for me if I'm a Lions supporter. Again, this team should easily be top four on paper. They're just as talented as the doggies or the D's mm-hmm. or the cats. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, uh, are, are they really going to be able to uh, make a statement here in the last month of the regular season? Because they need to. And uh, obviously they, uh, they definitely want to actually – have another shot at the premiership and get to the grand final this time. Cause they've come up short lately. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I think finals are going to be a heck of a lot of fun this year uh, because you've got, you know, you've, you've got, you know, it's, it's kind of like the little, the little um, race that you see the little, little electronic race with the, at the baseball game where you've got the, whatever yeah. little symbols they have, you know, this one's in the lead right now. Ketchup's leading, and now mustard, and now onion, and it's all pre—it's all predetermined on whatever thing they punched in for that game. But you know, who knows who's going to be where in this one? So, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the second. Should we do the last game and then come back to the second, the last one? Knock yourself out. Let's do it. Let's do that. Let's move. Let's head on out to Optus, and we'll do Fremantle Richmond. Then we'll come back to the GWS game after mm-hmm. that. Then, so you got uh, you got the Dockers. You know. Their their season pretty much you know flamed out this past week, officially. Yeah. You know you you, know, you lost. You know Rory Lobb is out. You know Darcy's been playing banged up. Walters is likely to miss the rest of the these last three or four games. You know Nat Fife. I saw his picture with his sh- having had his shoulder surgery and looking a little bit loopy afterwards. You know so yeah. This is this is a club that is just uh, is you know. As I mentioned to you earlier on, this is a club that through round 13 had missed more games to injury than anybody else in the comp. And uh, they're playing at home. They should have fans there. So that's going to work well for them. It will. And and that home field advantage works equally well for the Dockers as it does for the Eagles. Now, I know the Eagles have more supporters. They've had more recent success. But that's a fortress for a reason. Optus Mm -hmm. is an amazing ground, and it's an amazing home field advantage, you know. Like, and Richmond is just as devastated on the injury front. You know, they, they, um, I mean, obviously on the weekend, they looked like they were sleepwalking against Geelong. And of course we know they can light up the scoreboard when they have to, you know, Jack Revold is one of their best players of the modern era, but again, you know, their season's shot too. I think I'm tipping Frio in this one just by a goal. I do think, um, yeah. I mean, I think with, uh, you know, I think Justin Longmere is really going to challenge his young players this uh, this week, just being like, hey, you know, R- Richmond is not playing like Richmond, but mm-hmm. how good would it feel to knock off the Tigers? Right, right. Even when the season's basically over for us, uh, this is a character test for Frio. You mm-hmm. know, it, are, are they disciplined enough to go back out there, bounce back from a disappointing loss, and just really hand it to them? And I mean... There, this is 10 versus 11 on the lap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just that rich 
has just been at such a higher level for so long. Right. It's just been so, you know, it's, it's, it's like the five stages of grief, you know, like for, for the media as well as for the Richmond fans who are just in disbelief, in denial about just how bad the season's gone for Richmond ever since the last couple of months. And again, they played hurt, but, you know, the drop-off has been alarming. It really has. And I think, I think, I think you could draw some comparisons with the media here in the United States uh, with an issue that they keep talking. You wonder why they keep talking about it, similar to how the footy media talks about uh, Richmond, because it's, uh, <laughs> it's what they need. To, you know what exactly what I'm talking about, right? Because they keep oh, talking you, about somebody that it's, is not it's even clickbait. involved in things anymore. Yeah. It's pure clickbait, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, but hell, I mean, the Dockers, this would be a great opportunity for them. And I think they know that. So I, obviously they, they've had lots of struggles this year, especially with shots on goal. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is a huge opportunity for them to take the bull by the horns, I guess you could say, and, uh, and uh, score a big win. Yeah, I, this is going to be, I think, the one game that we disagree on because I've got Richmond winning this one by a couple of goals. I, just, I think that, you know, they've gotten quite a few players back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they're the, uh, yeah, I think they're going to figure out a way to get the ball to, you know, inside 50 a little bit more frequently. Cause last week when they were playing the cats, it, Tom Lynch didn't touch the ball. I don't think oh, in the yeah. first quarter, he didn't touch it until about halfway through the second quarter. And that he was, he was probably 50 meters away from the, the 50 meter arc when he actually got his hand on the ball the first time he was almost at the defensive 50. The first time he touched the ball, and yeah. you know, I, I I don't know if uh, I don't know if uh, if if Frio is going to be able to contain their front line. You know, if I I, I don't know, I, I just have this feeling that Richmond, as mm-hmm. I've been saying for the last five or six rounds, until the vampire hunter drives a stake through their heart and says this vampire is dead. You know, I still think you right. know, when you look at their run home. You know, Richmond's got. They've got the Dockers. They've got the Ruse the next week. Then they've got a slightly important game with GWS. Yeah. And then they finish up with the Hawks. Yeah. yeah so, so on paper, they on paper, there's three wins that that the Tigers should get and one that they're going to have to, you know, battle to get. You mm. know, so you well, know, I, well, I, again, well, what were we talking about earlier? The, the Ruse aren't a pushover anymore. Right, right. I, it, I think um yeah, that is an easier run home than most, but yeah. who, who, this year, who knows what could happen. Yeah. And I think I, um, I do want to give the Richmond a shout out for a couple of their players. Um, it's been really intriguing seeing what they're doing with Daniel Rioli, having him uh, basically uh, play halfback instead of half forward. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, no, yeah, that's an interesting role for him. Like he's a guy who's, you know, he's a, he's a good tackler. He, he definitely gets in the one percenters. Um, he's had a quiet year, has been in and out of the side, but, um, you know, maybe this, maybe being used in a new role or, you know, doing something like this is exactly what his career needs. Kind of just, uh, you know, hit the reset button, go back to footy basics in a new position and make an impact that way. And I think um, he's shown some promise so far. And they're also happy to have uh, Sydney Stack again. Of yeah, course, yeah. He, he was kind of the forgotten man because of that. You know, he had a suspension. He had some other off-field issues. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they need, needed someone like him, especially 
you know, neither of them are the quality of Basher Hooley, but they true, can true. they can move the ball out of defense a lot better with those guys because you know those guys have a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism. They're good with the ball in their hands. So uh, Richmond is doing well in terms of kind of identifying new strengths and new roles for right. guys like that to play. But yeah. still, you know, it, it's the slimmest of margins that they crack the top eight. It's yeah. more or less shot. Yeah. So the last game of the round, Port Adelaide and GWS to be played somewhere. I've, I've, I've argued that yes. maybe they should – they should go ahead and um, and uh, you know charter a, a Boeing seven eighty seven and remove all of the seats and just play the games on the plane in the air. So they're you know they're not getting your fans or staying away from COVID. You're gonna have to you know, you're gonna have to definitely kick the ball lower. Um, but you know, I said that with a game a couple weeks ago. But you know, this is a game where you know GWS. I think I think you would probably agree with this. They they've kind of backed into the eight spot right now because they they haven't exactly been playing lights out. I mean, they've, you know, they've right. lost three out of five and they've managed to jump into the eight, you know, yeah. only because the other teams have been worse. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's kind of what's been, yeah, we're definitely benefiting from Essendon and Fremantle uh, being on a, and a cold streak than we, and Richmond yeah. being on a cold streak than we are ourselves blowing any, anyone away. But that was still a really big win over Essendon, you know, a very nice win over Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously laying a few clunkers in between, but you know, th- that was a big one. I mean, you know, just like Rowan Marshall had to isolate because of COVID. So did Toby green. And I'm yeah. pretty sure um, Jeremy Finlayson or actually, no, he was just, DeBoer. He was DeBoer did uh, DeBoer. Yeah. 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 Um, having a lot of key players out, but, um, and of course, Canelio is still trying to, get healthy and stay healthy to where he can uh be there but again you know josh kelly is mr consistency mm-hmm. and you know we've had a great year jacob hoppers had a great year and Lockie whitfield had a hell of a game against the dons and i think um you know they and jesse hogan again he's struggled to stay healthy as much as anyone but just like how i mentioned mumford being a difference maker when he's in the side for the giants the same is true for hogan because you know, he only kicked, uh, I think it was two goals on the weekend, but he was the big target up forward. Everyone was trying to tag him because yeah. they knew he could make big things happen. So I think, um, you know, getting Green back, um, hopefully getting Finlayson and Canelio back, that's going to be key because, um, you know, that it's those types of players that can push someone over the top when you're facing yeah. Port. I think um, I've got Port winning this, sadly, just by a goal. But um, again, hopefully I'm wrong, and hopefully oh. if we get some key players back in, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Because uh, again, this is a must win. You know, it's a must win for Port too, because they're they're top four right now. They're number four, and they definitely don't want the Swans or the Lions to take that spot from them. Right. So it's well, number four, number four versus number eight, and with that, you know, you wonder if this could be a September preview. Yeah, and I. I I thought we were going to only have one game that we disagreed on, but this is the second one here because I'm going with GWS on this one Mm. by a, by a goal. And, and I'm I'm doing that only, I'm doing that only because Port has won one game against a top eight side this year. St. Kilda. Yeah. And that was just, yeah, it was St. Kilda. So, but 
I mean, yeah. again, I, I, I'm definitely, that's definitely in the back of my mind, yeah. but yeah, again, just, just week to week, the Giants, um, you know, just haven't, and again, it's mostly injuries. I don't think it's a question of lack of talent or effort. Uh-huh. It, there has been, but, you know, um, and of course, Leon Cameron, you know, he, he's hu- so huge on accountability. Like, mm-hmm. I think I'd be pleasantly surprised if they won, but at the same time, given given the last month it's just you, you just don't know just like with west coast like it's just at, at their best they're they look flag worthy at their worst yeah. they look like you know an 11th or 12th place side so i think um you know obviously i'd love to see a win happen for their, my giants but i'm currently tipping poor that could okay. change if you get some big ins uh when teams are announced later this week so yeah i yeah then again that's that's one of the drawbacks of doing this is early in the week is, is I end up doing it because we don't know who's been picked per, on the sides and such, but it's just, you know, once the, uh, once sure. the, you know, it's a really quick turnaround since, you know, when the sides are out, they're already 14 hours ahead of me to begin with. And by the time I wake up, Hey, they're already playing. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so right. I, can't, I can't, I can't tip a game that's already been, that's already been decided. Um, I did that. I forgot to tip an online game. This week, the uh, the first it was the S, uh, Port Adelaide game, the first one this past week. So, yeah. So I yeah, we agreed on the first seven, but not the last two. And like you said, you're hoping that you're you're hoping you're wrong on one of those. Um, yet you're going with your your head rather than your heart on that one. So, cool. Any other? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question, and I talked about this during my live episode today, and just get you on this before we we wrap this up here. Have we seen the last of Eddie Betts? Mm. has he indicated that he's going to be retiring i haven't seen well that he, he he hasn't said that yet but he's out of contract you know he's had, he you know he's got right. he, he he hurt his ankle again this past week you know so he was on crutches or in a moon boot or whatever probably not going to play again this year you know does carlton who still needs to figure things out do they do they stay nostalgic and give him another another year on a rookie contract or do they say Man, we appreciate everything that you've done, but we've got to move on. And does he decide to go play somewhere else then? I mean, it'd be amazing to see him do what Luke Hodge did. Like, obviously, Hodge retires as a Hawthorne champion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unretires and plays a huge role in turning Brisbane into the potential juggernaut they are right now. Like, I mean, does Betts want to do that with a third club? I don't know. I think he'd be great at it. I mean, he's a he's a wonderful player and just a first-rate human. Yeah, first-rate yeah. human being. That was one of the biggest things I took away from making their mark, mm-hmm. the Amazon Daco. Like, right, right. I, I knew they were going to feature Eddie, but um, he he's just a, a terrific person, and I think any club would be lucky to have him uh, in terms of the twilight of his career, becoming basically a player coach in yeah, terms yeah. of turning a culture around and frankly i mean i know he's you know his body's worn out i know he's married has a family probably wants to focus on that but and if he does retire it'll be a loss to the game but it would be really great to see that if he wanted to you know play for a team that was struggling and just really give them that shot in the arm and become a real you know inspirational figure at the club mm-hmm. by doing I, I would yeah. think 
I would almost think it would have to be in Melbourne, though, because, you know, with having as many youngsters as he has, I, I don't know if he would want would to uproot the family or be away from them, <coughs> hopefully in a, a post-COVID year in 2022. Right. So, yeah. So I, mean, I don't, I, I don't you, know. You'd I, love to see it, but I... Knowing what I know about Eddie Betts, I have a feeling he'll. This might be his last go round. I mean, okay. I'd love to see him play for another year, but you know, you never know. And I think, yeah. um, thankfully, everyone knows that he's in a position where, in terms of accomplishments, you know, mm-hmm. he can retire happy. Like he's he's a uh, he's one of the most exciting players of the modern era. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Everyone respects him. Everyone loves him. He's he's had an amazing career. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But obviously, I don't think you'll have any regrets. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think you're right there. So, ladies and gentlemen, there are the tips for round 20. Remember, I don't know a darn thing about tipping games. So if you do gamble, please uh, do it in a responsible fashion. And don't give me any credit or blame for your results. Uh, A big thanks to Rick Shabani for coming on and uh, helping me without the tips this week. A lot of great insight from Rick. He's a, a huge student of the game. Uh, very much uh, somebody who is passionate about footy. Love talking to him about the game. And don't forget, folks, if you uh, enjoy the podcast, you may want to get on the mailing list. You can do that at yankofthefooty.com. Uh, if, you're, if you're also there and you want to leave a review for the podcast, that'd be great. If you want to head over to the, the Apple website and leave a review, that'd be fantastic as well. Uh, really helps trigger the algorithm and get, get the podcast in front of more people's eyes. So if you're, if you're interested in doing that and taking a couple minutes to do that as well, also have the uh, listener survey that I sent out recently. I'll put a link to the show notes there for that as well. And uh, if you want to help out the podcast with the buy me a coffee page or the, uh, the red bubble storefront, you could certainly do that. I hope you'll consider sharing my tips with your friends and family and let them uh, hear just how, badly i do at tipping games or how wonderful i do depending on your opinion on how i tip the games there uh as i mentioned during the live episode on tuesday morning it's great to see uh south australia and uh victoria coming out of lockdown uh to an extent hopefully people will be able to get back to games for the final couple of rounds hopefully we have a fantastic uh final series as well those of you in uh new south wales were thinking about you keep battling through all of this talk to each other reach out make sure you keep in touch with your friends and families okay let them know you love them let them know you care hop on that skype get on a zoom call that type of thing and uh ladies and gents until next time and as always may your dribble kick never hit the post and i'll catch you later